Welcome to ADHD is over, a new podcast on a seemingly old label that we're going to be peeling off. Join my wife, Tatiana, and I as we journey with our family, the Wyden family, through the land of confusing information. We're going to visit both sides and let you decide because the power is with you. Welcome to ADHD is over. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Glad you're here. If you're returning, welcome back. If it's your first time, like I said, so glad you're here. Welcome. It just warms my heart to know that our podcast is listened to in all these countries. You know, once in a while, I'm not a big statistics person, but once in a while I go into the statistics on our SoundCloud um, platform and to see the United States, United Kingdom, Australia, Germany, New Zealand, Canada, South Africa, Netherlands, Czech Republic, Ireland, Brazil, Malta, Mexico, Denmark, Hungary, India, Malaysia, Romania, France, Italy, Kenya, Mauritius, Nigeria, Sweden, Turkey, Uruguay, and Vietnam, just in one week that are listening in. It just warms my heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If any of the countries I've just mentioned, if that's where you're from and you're listening in from, thank you so much for giving us your attention, for taking time to listen to what I have to say and what my guests have to say. And it's sad, but I find myself doing it more often now in conversation, is to say, look, I'm not a medical professional. I'm not prescribing you any kind of action or any point of view that you should take because I say so. This podcast is simply here for you to listen in and to see, does anything resonate deep in your gut? Does it resonate? Do you feel like, oh, yeah, ah, something feels good or I've thought about this same point of view that Roman's describing or that one of Roman's guests experts is saying, yeah, that's just always felt right to me, right? That's why we're here. We're not here to tell you to take medication, not take medication, take less medication, take more, give your child medication or not. All of that. Look, hey, if you're someone who's 18 years or older, and in some countries, maybe it's younger or older, but if you're an adult, if you're considered an adult, I hate to break it to you, but it's your responsibility I should say it differently, you know, uh, for you to take responsibility, what your action is based on any information you take in in life, that's being an adult. To take responsibility and say, look, this person said X, Y, Z. I do believe in that. I'm going to try that out. That's on you. That's almost an invisible uh, waiver release form that I think we should all agree to, Right. Because if not, we're going to end up with external sources, authorities, uh, sort of self-appointed as the protectors of our well-being. That's got to stop. The only way we can stop that as individuals is if we take full responsibility for our own lives. If we say, look, I'm 18 plus older, I'm an adult here in the U.S., right? I believe in most states. Um, I take full responsibility for my actions, whatever action I take, whatever the decision I make, whatever choice, right? That's on me. 
I'm not going to go back and blame someone. Oh, this expert in this podcast said that I shouldn't do this or I should try that. And now I broke out in hives or now I lost my girlfriend, whatever. That's being irresponsible. That is not for anyone that's an adult. You know, that's, that's just not a way to, to live. Just wanted to say that. Okay. So you're responsible for your own actions. What you do with this information, that's not on us. We're just giving you information that is not readily available on the first few pages of your Google search results, which is, by the way, what most people do when they say, I know what's right and I've done the research. What they mean is they've watched the news or read mainstream newspapers or magazines or online news, and they've done maybe one or two pages of Google search results. Well, that's not a well-informed, balanced research. Uh, It goes way deeper than that. Now, I don't want to get into that. That's not what this episode is about. This episode is about something I'm very passionate about, and that is the idea that trauma healing is actually a way for us to give our children power, responsibility, and healing. I know that's a mouthful. So I'm just going to read from some notes I took months ago that finally resurfaced. And I was like, I got to do an episode around this. So the, the notes said, why trauma is here to help us transform our mess into a message. So what I then meant is, hence, we diagnose and medicate away our next generation's opportunities for transformation, a.k.a becoming who they are here to become through healing their own wounds. And parents as well, never getting to dive deeper, never getting to identify their own traumas, their coping mechanisms, their addictions, their patterns, and avoiding to heal them. Hence, the labels keep us all boxed in and small. So that's a mouthful, right? So let's go through this. This is not going to be a long episode, don't worry. Sometimes I can detour. So I've come to believe that trauma is inevitable in life. You cannot, no one can, contrary to some books out there, How to Trauma-Proof Your Kids. I know the intention behind those books. I think it should have been called more like how to reduce the amount of trauma you expose your child to, right? Because there are traumas that are just unavoidable. And then there's some that are truly avoidable. Again, still, that's subjective. I mean, objective, subjective. You look at it however you want to, but traumas will always be here. There is no trauma-free life. What's trauma? According to Dr. Gabor Mate, who was a guest on this show, if you haven't listened to his episode, please search for it. Amazing. Or just Google Gabor Mate and listen to his talks on ADHD, trauma, and so forth. It's an unhealed wound, right? So it's not what happened, because what happened caused the wound. It's how we responded to it and then never healed it. And it stays a trauma. It's an unhealed trauma, right? So trauma can be healed, but then it's in the past and it's no longer, doesn't carry a charge anymore. But trauma is unavoidable. I believe, and many experts that I've interviewed believe, that Traumas are here to give us an opportunity to challenge us to overcome something in our own lives. 
So if something happens in our own lives, for example, you as a parent have a child that gets diagnosed with ADHD. That's traumatic. That really is traumatic. And I don't want to go into the definition of trauma in this episode and what is a lower T trauma, what is a capital T trauma. I've done episodes on that, look them up. And I may do them again, but there's many forms of trauma. I always say it's a spectrum. That's one thing I always say. And the second thing is just because there's no drama doesn't mean there's no trauma. It's important to know that all of us have had traumas in our lives. All of us have unhealed traumas, wounds that need healing. And so going back to why I believe, first of all, traumas are unavoidable. They will be there in your life. And if you have a child that's recently been diagnosed, that's traumatic. Now, there's two ways we can react to that. We can react what I call externally and say, oh, nothing I can do. It's a disorder. It's a thing in my child's brain. There's something wrong with my child's brain. What I need is external remedies, such as medication, such as uh, individualized education program at school, blah, 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 right? That's one way to react. There's some benefits to some of that, some of those reactions inside of that, right? Um, But There's a second way to react, which is, huh, interesting. There's some trauma here, possibly, in my life that I haven't healed as a parent. And because, and epigenetics proves this, that the environment informs our genes. Because, let me just break it to you if you're new to this podcast, ADHD is not genetic. There's no ADHD gene It is not hereditary in the way that it's explained by these scientists. It's not. Google research epigenetic. Epigenetics. You can look into Bruce Lipton. Some people have an issue with Bruce Lipton. I don't know. He's been called a quack, whatever. doesn't matter. Epigenetics is a study, a scientific field of research into how the environment, not um, the, the genes that are passed down, handed down to us, but the environment actually can turn on or turn off a gene. That's important here because if you as a parent realize that the environment actually can turn on or off a gene in your, in your uh, child's uh, system, right? And again, there's no ADHD gene, but there's certain uh, ways of, of behaving, right? Like hyperactivity, impulsivity, and so forth is a way a system has been wired, brain, nervous system. So therefore, yes, that can be passed on inside of a family, but not because it's a gene or it's genetic, quote unquote. It's because it's learned behavior and not just learned at a mental level, learned at a cellular cellular level. Hence DNA, uh, nervous system, brain wiring, right? At a cellular level, your son or daughter can act the same way you do. And so the first order of housekeeping for me, when you take full responsibility that you have a child with a so-called disorder in your family, is to look inside of yourself because you are a majority of the environment that your child is exposed to. So you go first as the parent. You look for the deeper, you dive deeper, right? For the the traumas, 
the coping mechanisms you've created in your life, the addictions. You know, for example, a lot of parents are workaholics. Workaholism is one of the most powerful addictions that is so underrated and actually in our society celebrated. Yeah, 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 you go, you know, I'm a workaholic. Yeah, I just love to work, the grind, make money. I got to provide, you know. It's so underrated as an addiction. It is one of the most powerful addictions that will take a parent away from a child. Emotionally unavailable, neglect, not present, not focused, right? Focused on work, but not at home with the children. So now that might not be your addiction, but as a parent, we got to identify the coping mechanisms, the addictions, the patterns, and we got to heal them because we go first. Because when you talk to a six-year-old, how do you heal a six-year-old? Yes, you can do therapy. You can, you know, there's things you can do, but those really are also band-aids at that, at that age. And yes, they do rewire the brain. But I believe that the strongest, most effective, most powerful way to rewire a child's brain is by rewiring your own brain. By doing the trauma healing yourself, you will literally rewire your child's brain and therefore calm down a child's nervous system and therefore dissolve these so-called symptoms, which are really just observed behaviors, of your child and no longer will your child have these symptoms for example our son who was diagnosed at seven who's now 14 never put on medication um you know their mother and i are doing intensive trauma healing like daily i mean we are on the path and we're not perfect never will be it's a lifelong journey i'm far from perfect i still make a lot of mistakes i catch patterns i catch selfishness i catch all these things but I'm on the path. And we've seen our son Kai's symptoms, his behaviors of hyperactivity and impulsivity dissolve over seven years. Now, that's seven years. That's not overnight. That's what it takes. You can give a child medication, and yes, overnight you might see focus, but again, if you really look closely at the studies that they've done on medication, there is no academic benefit long-term to give a child medication. Short-term, yes. I think it's up to like two or three years. Past that, when they left out the five-year study results, clearly showed it declined, right? Because it's a Band-Aid. It's okay for a while. It's okay if you need to medicate your child, I believe, while you're switching careers, while you're going through a divorce, while you're figuring out how you can calm down your own life, how you may be stuck in a career that you don't love, how your marriage might be on the rocks and actually it was a marriage that was never meant to last longer than... It has so far, but you're, you're trying to duct tape it and all that stuff, right? When there's that instability, I believe it's okay to use medication as a band-aid so that your child can function at school and you don't get called into the principal's office every two, three days so that you can focus on when you, what you need to focus on to change your, to transform your life for the better. Problem is most parents medicate their children and then they just continue in the same rut that they're in, their workaholism, uh, everything continues the same way. That's when I have an issue with it because it's not used as a Band-Aid. It's truly used, and of course, parents aren't to be blamed here because the so-called experts sell it to the parents that, no, this is for life and this is the, the most effective is medication and this will make this will fix it. That's how it's sold, right? Not, not with that language, but that's what parents hear. This will fix things. 
again, going back to why it's so important, I believe, that as parents, we need to heal our own traumas first. Because if not, we are depriving our children, our next generation, of the opportunity for transformation. I know I'm getting spiritual here. But this is an opportunity for any human being, right? Facing a trauma and healing a trauma is an opportunity to grow spiritually and to create opportunities for a new life to strengthen ourselves. One of my uh, soon-to-be podcast uh, guests, Pedro's Killian, will be on uh, October 16th is when we're doing our interview. Uh, an amazing, uh, just an inspiring person, a father, husband, business owner, uh, fitness man, uh, leader, speaker, amazing, amazing. I'll, I'll be posting about him. Um, he says, iron forges iron, right? When you're in a challenging situation and you're up against this, this iron, this sword, right? The, the trauma healing when it's just so hard and it's about to slay you, you bust out your sword and iron forges iron. You get your sword forged by the other iron, the challenge, right? You get stronger after that fight. You're proud, you're um, confident, you're stronger. And that's what I'm talking about is that if we're just gonna diagnose and medicate our children, label them as broken, we are literally depriving them of the opportunity to grow as humans, to grow the way they need to grow. And we have to go first. If we're medicating and diagnosing, labeling our children with a disorder, and us, the parents, aren't doing any of the trauma healing ourselves, we're not only hypocrites, we're ignorant, we're lazy, we're unaware. I call it unconscious parenting. You know, I hear this a lot. Oh, well, ADHD is not due to bad parenting. Yeah, well, no, but yes, it is due to unconscious parenting, unaware parenting. I believe that we can dissolve, we can heal a child's so-called ADHD, this disorder, which I hate that word. Uh, it's not hate the word, but I hate how we're using it nowadays is we can dissolve those symptoms by doing our own trauma healing. It's gonna take time. This is not a quick fix. This ain't gonna happen overnight. But if we don't do the work, if you and I, the parents, don't stop right now in our tracks, and you can do this exercise with me right now, close your eyes for a second, not if you're driving. Well, Roman told me I should close my eyes and I crashed my car and I need to sue. You see what people do in life and they're not responsible, right? So no, don't close your eyes if you're driving. But if you're not driving, close your eyes and be 1000% honest with yourself. If you have a child that's been diagnosed with ADHD, be honest with yourself where in your life are you stuck in a pattern that you know doesn't work for you? Whether it's work, relationships, money, addiction, and so forth. See it and commit to disrupting that pattern. But it's going to take work. It's not like, okay, well, I'm just going to stop doing that then. Okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to stop doing that. No, uh-uh. That's not going to happen. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take awareness. And it's going to take longevity 
of rewiring your own brain. I'm currently dealing with rewiring my own brain around addictive behaviors in the area of love, intimacy, sex. And it takes time. And it's unlearning or rewiring a brain that's been wired a certain way for 50 years in my case. That ain't going to happen overnight. But let me tell you, unless you stop in your tracks as a parent right now at this moment in life and you find the necessary help that you need, the support to rewire your own brain, then guess what? Your child, your child's brain isn't going to rewire his or her brain anytime soon. They may do it as an adult because they have to clean up. They have to reparent themselves just like we're reparenting our own inner child, right? They're going to do that work. But they're going to have much more of an uphill battle unless we disrupt our patterns now. We heal ourselves first. We go in there. We face the dragon, right? We dive deep. We identify those traumas. We see what kind of coping mechanisms we've created, whether it's you know, nicotine, caffeine, alcohol, drugs, sex, gambling, food, workaholism, and so forth, right? We got to own it. Face it. We all know where, which areas of our lives don't work. And when I say don't work, sure, I'll make it a little softer for you. Don't work as well as we'd like it to. But when we're we're honest with ourselves, there are areas of our lives that don't fucking work. And we ignore it. We numb out. We create coping mechanisms around it. I'll just go on another vacation. Then my marriage works, right? I'll just have sex one more time with a stranger and then it'll be fine. I'll meet my, the love of my life. Or I'll just eat one more slice of pie and I'll, I'll go to the gym tomorrow. And I'll, you see the pattern here, right? That's got to stop. ADHD is not a disorder. ADHD is a coping mechanism, a reaction to the environment, that wires our brain a certain way, that has us behave a certain way, that then gets observed, labeled as symptoms, and then a disorder. ADHD is not a disorder. It is not a disorder. It pisses me off daily when I hear people say, oh yeah, so, well, I have ADHD, or well, I recently got diagnosed with ADHD, and, you know, have this thing, and mental health, and blah, 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 blah. It nauseam. It pisses me off because it's an excuse. It's not taking full responsibility and not digging deeper. And I love what Gabor Mate did with uh, Joe Rogan the other day. He explained this circular thinking that I always have pointed out for years now that doesn't make any sense when somebody says, oh, um, so your son got diagnosed with ADHD. How come? Oh, he's hyperactive and impulsive and, you know, can't focus. Oh, uh, why can't he focus or be hyperactive? Or why, why is he impulsive? Well, because he has ADHD. Well, why does he have ADHD? Well, because he's, you know, can't focus. That's circular thinking. That is literally describing something, but not explaining it. Why does someone have ADHD? Well, because uh, uh, they have that kind of brain. But why? Well, that's an ADHD brain. But why? Do you see how most people, that I compare that to the first two pages of Google search results, most people don't look further then that circular circular vacuum of thinking and it's got to stop 
and I'm going to be a little bit louder on it, that when somebody says, I have ADHD, I say, no, you can't have ADHD. You might have certain behaviors that get labeled as ADHD, but don't worry about the label. Start looking into why you behave that way. And the answer can't be because I have ADHD. Do you see what I mean? Or when someone says, well, uh, you know, I just recently got diagnosed. It's like, well, who had you diagnosed? Well, I went there. Well, why did you go there? Because I thought I had ADHD. Well, why did you think you have ADHD? Well, because I can't focus. Well, why can't you focus? Well, because I have ADHD. It can't stop there. We got to stop it, people. And I, I know I often get slack and I don't give a shit. I get a lot of heat for... Well, you're just, it's just words. You're just playing, just, you know, that doesn't really, you're anti-label. Labels are good. They're not bad. Bullshit. Bull fucking shit. Excuse my French. Bullshit. Words matter. Words manifest. Words create. I don't care what religion you're part of or spirituality. Words create. And we keep creating people with labels when none of us are a label. All of us are unique the only label is we're, I guess, human beings, spiritual beings stuck in a body in this, on this planet, whatever. Yes, you can throw some labels on there. But unless they're empowering, and trust me, an ADHD label is not empowering. It is not empowering. I don't care if people say, well, it depends how you look at it. Yeah, if you're an adult, you might be okay being labeled with ADHD. And you might say, oh, it's my superpower, which I also have a problem with. Or, oh, I'm neurodiverse can't stand those terms because they're still inside the fucking construct that was created by the psychological, medical, scientific community to keep us small, to keep us dependent on external sources to be whole. That bullshit's got to stop because we do not need anything outside of ourselves to be whole. We don't. We can be independent. We don't need external sources, resources like medication or other people to make us whole, to fix us. No, we are complete healers. And if we start with identifying and healing our own traumas, anything is possible. We don't even know what's on the other side until we go there. Many people have gone there. So much is available by healing our own traumas and therefore healing our children's traumas and therefore growing closer, uh, calming down, you know, co co-regulating the nervous systems. More love is present, more calm is present, and it takes a lot of work. I'm here to say, parents, we can do this. Please join me in the active healing of ADHD, not the inactive dependent, but the independent active healing of ADHD by us going first, us the parents. We stop in our tracks today. You have an opportunity, you can start tomorrow, that's fine. You can start New Year's Eve, fine, whatever. Whenever you decide to start, you will start. But please join me today if you're up for it and own your own shit. And heal your own shit. Because that shit literally seeps into the family, into your marriage, into your children's lives, into your community. That unhealed trauma, aka shit, literally pollutes your life. And my life. And I see it in my life. I see how my dishonesty, my omitting, hiding, cheating, lying, 
abusing, manipulating, all that stuff that I've done in my 53 years of life has polluted my life to a point where I started to feel depressed, anxious, and so forth, almost entering into a realm of letting myself be diagnosed with anxiety or depression or ADHD before I was able to pull that back and say, stop, what am I doing? Those are not disorders. They're, they're called disorders by our establishments. They're not disorders. Yes, there's some stuff out of order. So they are in a way, if you will, disorder, but not as a pathology. They're not disorders, depression, anxiety, ADHD. They're coping mechanisms, reactions to the environment. And I'm 100% clear that the reason why I was going towards depression and anxiety is because my higher self, my true self knew that I wasn't living in alignment with my mission, with my truth. And therefore comes the anxiety, the depression, the not facing really the traumas, the coping mechanisms, the addictions in my life. When we don't look at it, when we don't face it, when we try to stuff it down, that's depression. When we try to feel good about the moment, but we're worried about the future, anxiety, right? That's also avoiding to really do the work, to get real, to see what's not working and actually start doing the fucking work. And it takes work. And there's a great song by, I believe it's Rob Ricardo called The Work. Highly recommend you Google and listen to it. Amazing. There's also another song by Trevor Hall called You Can't Rush Your Healing. Because we can't, and we can't rush our children's healings. You know, we can't expect to give them a pill that will fix everything and that will heal them. It does not heal. Do the research. Don't listen to the experts that are on the first two pages of the Google search results. That's not doing the research. That's lazy. Just listening to the news or, you know, reading about it online and, and Google searching is not doing the research. That's one-sided, uninformed, incomplete. And mostly, I hate to say, it's not truthful. It's, again, omitted information for the benefit of some interest group. So do the research deeper. Start healing your own traumas. Don't look at your child as the problem. Your child is just a check engine light saying there's something in this, in this family, something's got to be fixed here. I'm just using the analogy. I hate to use the word fix, but I'm using the car analogy, right? Some, look under the hood because your child is the check engine light. And you, I believe as a parent, owe it to your children. You're the guide. They've chosen you. You've chosen them. You owe it to them to look under the hood to get real. If not... We are depriving our children of the opportunity to live a real life, an authentic life filled with love, courage, purpose, and yes, struggle, traumas. But when we can be there as their guides, when we are the ones that go first and we tell our kids, you know, son, I just got to talk to you about honesty. You know, you know, when I say don't lie. I'm, just, I'm not going to just keep saying, I don't lie and hope that you don't lie. I'm going to tell you some stories where I've lied and why I've lied. And I'm also going to explain to you what the consequences were. And I don't want you to have to deal with the same, right? If we can get that honest, well, imagine our politicians being that honest of saying, you know what? 
I want to be an honest politician, but I have to come clean. I've lied here. This is why, why I lied during this campaign. This is why I did this. I was scared that I wasn't going to win and I really wanted to do this. Or I was told by some people that if I didn't lie, you know, politics wouldn't even fucking exist the way it is today. We wouldn't have the same type of politics. So this is a moment for all of us to get fucking real, to tell the truth. And I'm still a toddler at it. I'm getting better at it. It's a muscle. You know, for 50 years, I trained myself, or you could say I developed a muscle called lying, hiding, omitting, cheating. Why? Because when I was a little kid, there were times when I cried when I really wanted my mom, but my mom came to the crib and was upset that I cried and put me back down, didn't give me the nurture, the hugs I needed, walked away. That causes a trauma. And that could be interpreted as like, oh, if I'm being myself, my truth, right? Because right now I need nurture from my mom, so I'm going to cry. But I actually was reprimanded. I was put back in the crib and mom left. Oh, so the note I make to myself is don't be yourself. Don't be fully in truth because it's going to get worse or mom's going to freak out or the peace will be gone, right? You're rocking the boat. So what did I become? A people pleaser, someone who doesn't tell the truth, but tells just enough of the truth so that everybody is calm, everybody is pleased, and nobody has an emotional freak out. Nobody leaves me. Everybody likes me. It's called a people pleaser. A majority of our society consists of people pleasers, just like um, narcissists, right? These labels, people pleaser, narcissist. I don't like those labels because look, Nobody's a narcissist. Nobody's born a narcissist because they're a narcissist. We're all hurt children, traumas, unhealed traumas that, right, we, we had when we were little kids and now we act a certain way. You could say narcissistic behavior is just observed, observed behavior. It can be unlearned. Cheating can be unlearned. Lying can be unlearned. Takes time, takes rewiring the brain. But guess what? It has to be met with fierce commitment to do that work, to rewire our brain, to deep dive and see where our traumas came from. Therapy can do that. Individual therapy, group therapy, different works, workshops, healing programs, 12-step programs, all of that is available, dear parents. And I'm telling you that I've seen enough patterns in all of those modalities that it all ties into like, the disorders, right? Lots of addicts have ADHD. Now, I'm using their language. I don't believe anybody has ADHD. You can't have it in the sense of the words. But it's not that they're addicts because they have this thing called ADHD. It goes hand in hand because both are trauma-based. Both are coping mechanisms. So in, in, in essence, actually, ADHD is closer to an addiction than it is to a disorder. Even an addiction is a label. What does it mean? It's just a, 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 you could say, an escape, a distraction we can no longer control. How come? Well, because he's an addict. Nope. Circular thinking. That's not why. There's a child there. Inside of that person is a little, a little person, a little child that needs to be reparented, that has unhealed trauma. And us as parents, we can do that for our children now. Hence, Join me now, dear parents, and don't deprive your children of this 
massive opportunity, massive opportunity for their own transformation so they can be living authentic, fulfilled lives starting now, not when they're 40 after years of therapy, right? Sure, they'll do it. I'm doing it. I'm still doing therapy and I probably will be for the rest of my life. I think it's very, very effective. Now I try different methods, different ways of therapy, different things and take breaks and you have to find your own way, get into your own groove, right? But we have to, as parents, identify our traumas, coping mechanisms, addictions, patterns, and we got to heal it. And I promise you, I promise you results because I've seen it, not just in our own family and other parents who've taken it on as well, other friends who are, I've seen it. The quick fix is not long lasting. And we both, you and I, the parents and our children deserve the real deal, the real deal to heal. Yeah, yeah, that's all I got for today. Let's not deprive our children of this massive opportunity. We go first. Join me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your attention if you've stayed this long. Your attention is your most valuable commodity and you've given it so generously. So thank you. I look forward to some really cool up-and-coming interviews. Like I mentioned, Bedros Killian is coming up in October. Um, I have a powerful interview scheduled for next week with Sean McNicholas. He's an ADHD therapist, a mindset coach that works with clients around the world. And he is just a force to be reckoned with. He'll share his life experience, what he's working on right now, what he's created, his family, and so forth. I'm excited. So that's going to be next week. Join me again on ADHD's Over. Thank you and have an amazing day.